0: episode of the This is Believeland Real Browns Fans podcast. I am your host, James Mastrucci, and as always, I am joined by Jordan Cohen. Jordan, it's Thursday. We're getting ready for uh, preseason week two. Are you
1: ready? I am very ready. I I feel like, given all the practice news we've had, it feels like the season's getting closer. I last night watched the new NFL Films thing on the 2020 Browns. And it was really good. Everybody who's listening should go watch it. It's on YouTube. But also, it just made me substantially even more excited than I had been.
0: Well, that's pretty good. Uh, Well, before we get uh, too uh, into it, a quick reminder for everyone out there. Like, subscribe, share, tell your friends about this podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, thisisbelieveland.com, and realbrownsfans.com. I think I've got them all there. Remember, if you don't uh, subscribe, like, and tell your friends and family, that's basically stealing, and that's not cool. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, anyways, uh, preseason week two, they're taking on the Giants. Live practices are starting, it looks like, about now. Uh, apparently the Giants did get lost down in Berea temporarily, but they're there. <laughs> so live practices are beginning as they prepare for preseason week two. Uh, what do you exactly are you really expecting to see out of these practices and uh, preseason game? Because basically my uh, hopes are just no injuries or fights.
1: Yeah, and I, I to be fair, I think both Stefanski and Joe Judge are kind of. More mature head coaches. Yeah, I would be shocked if there was a fight. I I think there's a history between Stefanski and the Giants and Judge and the Browns. I I, I just I think these there's a reason these two teams are practicing together. Yeah, I Uh mean, so I, I would be shocked.
0: I mean, Judge and Stefanski have known each other for quite some time, so this isn't like just random, you know, pairing of teams and it's like oh, just do have a practice beforehand. They they have a history. They know each right. other. But
1: basically, and it's also two teams that very likely won't play each other, right, until, like, um, ever this season. Yeah. And so, if anything, I think it's an opportunity for co- these two coaches in these practices to try things they may want to use on other teams. I also think the Giants are a really interesting team to be going up against because, I don't know if you remember the game last year, but I think that was probably Baker's best game of the season, at least until the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And the Browns won 20 to six, but the Giants shut down the Browns run game. Yeah. And so I think this will be interesting. I will be interested to see, given that I think more than likely Chubb and Hunt won't be running, but I'll still be interested to see what the Browns run game looks like in practice and in the game.
0: Yeah, and just before we know we get too far into this, uh, it's important to not try and read too much into what happens in not only preseason games, but practice. I, right. I've seen some some people going nuts about guys getting burned and stuff. I'm like, it's, it's practice. They're probably running a, a defensive concept that they're not necessarily familiar with or that they're not good at or trying to improve upon so that when it's time for real game reps, they're ready. So right, it, just like the, the offense run stuff that they're not comfortable with, the defense is doing the same thing. So yeah, it's cool that, you know, you see someone get burned, but more often than not, they're doing something that they're not necessarily comfortable with, and when they do get burned or they are getting beat, they're just going to be like, well, there's no point in trying to contest this. Uh, save my energy. Don't get hurt.
1: Well, so I guess the bigger point I was trying to make, though, is, and I agree, it is even though it's going to be the backups, I do feel like if the Browns' running game gets shut down again, it means the Giants are doing something. And I think the Giants did really well last year against the outside zone in general, the scheme, not, not the yeah. play type itself. But And I do wonder, do they kind of have an answer for it? And if so, how does Stefanski adjust, right? Like, their mm-hmm. cornerbacks aren't good enough or weren't good enough last year anyways to be much of a problem, and Baker picked them apart. But I think that against a better defense doing the same thing, that could be scary. So that's more of what I'm interested in. Oh, yeah, I'm absolutely interested in that,
0: too. But I was just, you know, for all those out there that like to tweet out highlights on Twitter, uh, calm yeah. down.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, and it's like, I mean, this is, it happens every year, right? And it's oh, all yeah. like, remember the one year the Browns went 4-0 in the preseason? Mm-hmm. And I, I remember being excited, everybody was excited. And then it was like, no, the Browns at that point... Had a bunch of good depth players, but no real good starters. Mm-hmm. So, I always try to keep that in mind with Breezy's and that it's basically depth players fighting for roster spots. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> that's what
0: it is, and, and that's, why, that's what we're going to see. We're going to see a lot of depth guys trying their best for roster spots, which is why I don't really expect to see much of anything of the starters, really. Uh, yeah. You know, if, if they do play... In the actual game, it'll be maybe a series, but I doubt it's even going to be that. Because there's there's not really a... I don't want to say there's not a point, but the negatives outweigh the
1: positives, for the most part. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I've always felt like... Everybody says, oh, we learn a lot from the third preseason game. I think that's such a load of crap. I actually think we learn a lot more from the first two preseason games than the third, because... In that third game, with the starters out there, those series, however many series the starters are out there for, mm-hmm. are the most vanilla playbook. Like, stuff that would never happen.
0: Oh, yeah. It, it, is, it is very vanilla. It's very basic. A lot of times, it's not even what their real offense is. They're running different variations or very simplified versions of their overall scheme. So you really don't learn that much. It's basically a way for fans to get excited for more than a half a quarter.
1: Right, right. And I I think those schemes actually come out more towards the end of games, right? Where you're like, okay, out of you third stringers that are fighting for roster spots, can you execute what we want to do in game? And it's tough to take much away from it because it's going up against other third and fourth stringers. Mm -hmm. But I just, to me, like part of the enjoyment of preseason is actually watching these guys fighting for roster spots. Yeah, right? some, like, Sometimes you, you you
0: see a guy, it's like, oh, that guy's kinda kinda interesting, or that guy looks like he could, you know, carve out a spot. And then the other times you have guys where it's like, Wow, the fan base is really getting obsessed with this guy. I don't get it.
1: Well, it's like Davion Davis, right? Like yeah. I think more than likely Davion Davis does not make the roster, although I think it may be more likely than a few people because I'm not as as you know, I'm not as high on Higgins. hmm Um but I think it's very unlucky. But what Davion Davis is doing is getting himself a roster spot on another team. Yes. And to me, that's just kind of fun to watch.
0: It, it is. I mean, there are also the guys that are on the uh, on the preseason that shine that you never hear from again. Uh, you know, Damon Sheehy Giuseppe is one of them.
1: Oh, that's a great one.
0: <laughs> I mean, has he even played a snap since that preseason? I don't think so. Yeah. So, I don't know. you know, funny funny side note. Uh, I remember right after that year in the preseason, when the, after the Browns cut him, I was at a, a restaurant and I heard someone complaining that they cut him. And I'm like, Are you kidding? I'm like, Are you serious? <laughs> it's like, I can't believe they cut Giuseppe. He's going to be so good. I'm like, Okay. I mean, let's see. He played for the New York Guardians in the XFL. Oh, no, he was drafted by the New York Guardians. Then he's in, what is it, the Spring League. And currently plays for fan-controlled football.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's kind of like, that's what most of And it's not that these guys aren't good at what they do. Again, even the guys that never make an NFL roster that just sit around on preseason teams and then go to, like, the AFL or similar leagues, Mm -hmm. those guys are still probably better at what they do. Than ninety nine point nine percent of the human population would be. Yes. It just they're not. They're they're just not guys that you have any expectation of making an actual roster. But like to me also so that's the fun part of preseason. Mm-hmm. The other valuable part of preseason is seeing something like the Browns' offensive backup offensive line yes. just going in and dominating. Yes. Against like a starting defensive line, no matter how vanilla. That first series was against Jacksonville, and the first series will be against the Giants. Like mm-hmm. the Browns' backup offensive line looked really, really good,
0: and and that's really uh, good to see for short term and long term. Uh, when you're right. from the, the team building aspect, if you if you have an injury during the season, and you need to call on one of these guys. It's it's good to know that hey, at le- at worst he looked competent, and that's a good that's a good starting point for a backup is competence. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a great starting point. And that's, to me, like, I, it's, you don't take away anything from that, right? Like, the biggest takeaway we probably have at this point is that if one of the Browns starting offensive linemen gets hurt, we'll be okay.
0: Yeah, it's not, oh, no, who's coming in now? Right, <laughs> or, exactly. Or who the hell is this guy?
1: <laughs> right.
0: You know, the, right. You know, I mean, like, yeah, go ahead. Let's say, you know, the complete opposite of the, the Joe Thomas
1: introducing himself to his quarterback scenario. <laughs> right. Right, 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 exactly. I mean, like, or or just a guy named Blake. Yeah, a right? guy named Blake. Wait, so I have a question for you. This is a sidebar. But, like, I did not think he played badly against the Jaguars, but it seems like the common perception is that Blake Hans was not that good, which surprised me because I didn't notice anything bad. Did you? I didn't see anything that stood out as bad. At the same time, I didn't see anything that said, what said
0: like, like, yo, this guy looked good. You know, in comparison to someone like Michael Dunn, who looked good.
1: Right, right,
0: right. So, if we're comparing to Michael Dunn, that's not really fair, because Michael Dunn looked good, and a guy named Blake, Blake Hans really didn't necessarily look good. But he didn't look bad, which, I, I mean, to again, me, Blake
1: Hans is a backup. I think Michael Dunn, very likely, could be a starter for the Browns next year.
0: I agree, as well. So, I mean, looking at that, I mean, it's just... I, th- I think people are playing the comparison game, and the comparison game yeah. always leads to inaccurate perceptions of players. Look at yeah. them in a vacuum.
1: Yeah, for who they are. For who
0: they are. And it's important yeah. to not only do that for just these guys right now, but everyone pretty much in the preseason, okay? That's the way to evaluate, is look, evaluate them by themselves. Not compared to everybody else. I and mean, It should be for everything all the time, but that's a different conversation to have at a different time. But... Look, look at them specifically. Not everyone else. They don't matter. Right. This one guy. Guy named Blake, Blake. was fine. Not spectacular. Yeah. Not terrible. He
1: was fine. Yeah. He's backup right guard. Just like Greg Zanotte was fine for the third string right tackle. Yeah.
0: I mean, <clears throat> there's there's lots of talk about uh, Drew Forbes, but the, I don't know what's going to happen with him.
1: Oh, I don't, I don't think he makes the roster. I, I think Drew Forbes was a reach pick when they made him. And I think he is – listen, I'm not judging him for skipping the year last year. Given the situation my family was in, I probably would have skipped the year too. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that just in his ability to make not just this roster but an NFL roster, mm-hmm. losing a year was really harmful. It was.
0: It it, it really was. So that, that didn't help. Then, you, then this is a situation where you look at everybody else. Uh, I know I'm backtracking about what I just said, but – you look at all the backups on the team already, and they drafted James Hudson. Michael Dunn looks like he's solid. They drafted Harrison or Nick Harris a year ago. Guy named Blake looks like he's solid. Chris Hubbard's on the team. There's just not a spot.
1: Right. And, like, honestly, if they're going to keep uh, 11th offensive lineman around, I think it may be Greg Senat Because I at least think he can play kind of in multiple different areas. I'm with you on that. And you know, I don't if, think they will. But I'm just saying if they if do. If they I were. Know. Yeah. If they were to go, you Drew know. Forbes... Has not shown anything,
0: and you know, in considering they were playing uh, a very lackluster Jaguars team last week, uh, and everyone and else he wasn't looked even good going
1: up against their starters. And, like he was going up against the backups,
0: and yeah, and pretty much everyone else looked good. And I <clears throat> don't necessarily uh, have a good recollection of Drew Forbes doing much of anything.
1: No, I, I and he is not been doing anything in practice like i know none of this is important but when you're talking about bubble guys like drew forbes i know was supposedly this like really interesting pick because he played at a really small school nobody really talked about him but his numbers were incredible but i also think drew forbes was kind of like just a john dorsey being a really good scout pick Mm -hmm. right whereas john dorsey has made his career basically being really good at drafting guys high and then knowing how to scout for kind of these lower-tier guys and making those good picks. Mm-hmm. I don't think Drew Forbes is a bad pick at the time. I think overall, like, it turns out it may have not been perfect, but it was a move that was very Dorsey-esque. And I think just this is a new regime. I think a guy that needed a lot of coaching already just missed a year of coaching. I just, I think it's kind of unlikely he makes the roster.
0: I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm 100% with you on that. It's just, you you look at everyone else there, you you look at him, it's like, uh, unless there's injuries to multiple players, I don't see a path to to making it uh, out of the 53-man roster. Um, Mm -hmm. As far as what the offense is going to do for the Browns, I know they did something a little bit unexpected last week, something they really didn't do all that much last season. Do you expect more of that just to to see, or do you think you're, they're going to revert back to something more what we're used to seeing from their offensive game plan and attack?
1: Are you referring to like the passing stuff? I, I'm just referring to yeah, pretty much the passing
0: stuff, but just the overall uh, the overall vibe of the offense seemed a little bit different from not necessarily what we expected. I mean, yeah, they had the the zone runs and stuff, but there, there was something that you brought up uh, in the last episode, and that they use a lot more motion than we're used to seeing
1: yeah no i mean i think certain parts of this will be right so i think the motion's big i they're doing a lot more kind of i mean they're still sticking or at least in last week so last year for all the talk about the browns doing kind of just these outside zone stretch runs another big thing the browns used were counters like misdirection runs Mm -hmm. especially against teams with good defensive tackles right just to get the defensive tackle out of position so like there was uh, something in practice that happened where I I think it was Nick Chubb went on a run, got a big gain and Malik Jackson was like saying like, yeah, or run at me, run at me. I was pissed off. And this was from the Kapadia article on the athletic. And I guess Mm -hmm. Stefanski was like, I'm not an idiot run at you. Um, (laughs) And and so, so like that stuff stayed uh, and they did a lot of that, but I think there was a lot more motion. I, I think they are – what they're trying to do is run plays in an offense that will let them decide who does and does not make the roster. That makes sense. I think that's going to be a lot more passing. But against this Giants defense – so, like, Patrick Graham, the Giants defensive coordinator, I really – like, he has made Jabril Peppers a really good player. I think it's very likely the Giants could have one of the top five defenses in the NFL this year just because he's that good. Mm Mm-hmm. I think the Browns know that, which means I think what, if you're Stefanski, what either you've told Joe Judge or you're just hoping to see are kind of these really unique coverages Mm
2: -hmm.
1: where your quarterbacks and your offensive line need to make the read ahead of the snap. Yeah. And I think Mm -hmm. even if they're doing kind of vanilla versions of that, my guess is we will see actually a pretty significant amount of passing in this game Mm -hmm. just to kind of see how it works. And I think they'll try running. But I I think things like motion, I mean, Stefanski has never used a lot of motion because the Gary Kubiak branch of that tree is not the biggest on motion. Yeah. But I think part of that is that Kubiak branch has never really had a receiver that does that that well. And as we talked about last week, now they do. They have Mm -hmm. two of them. So I think it's likely that stays. Yeah, and from what it sounds like, it sounds like Felton Felton's going to get a lot more uh,
0: run over the next uh, bit of uh, preseason and practice. Seems like they'll be using him fairly often, and uh, from what it sounds like, a little bit more in the receiver role than running back role, but I'm not mad at that.
1: No, Felton's role in Week 1 is great news for Ernest Johnson and awful news for Kadero Hodge and Rashard Higgins. Mm-hmm. Like, just straight up. Because if he is primarily a receiver that can run the ball, Anthony Schwartz is making the roster, right? Donovan Peoples-Jones, Odell, Jarvis are making the roster. Felton will then make the roster. Those are your top five receivers. Mm -hmm. As we talked about, I think they'll keep six. Mm -hmm. Which means one of Higgins or Hodge is gone. And Jake Burns was talking about this on his podcast. But the other thing going for Hodge is that Higgins is probably tradable. Maybe not for a lot. Like it could be for a sixth or seventh round pick. Yeah. But he's tradable, especially as teams start racking up receiver injuries. Whereas Hodge probably isn't. Mm-hmm. And that they may actually try just to move Higgins, which that was really interesting. I had not thought of that. But given like what we've said, where we're not actually sure Higgins is better than Hodge, that could be kind of. Uh, That'd probably be the
0: route to go. I mean, because. Right. The, the way we look at it, I mean, it's it's pretty pretty simple. It's pretty obvious. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is miles ahead of Higgins as a receiver. Okay. Oh,
1: miles. And frankly, Felton and Schwartz provide things Higgins don't. Doesn't. Exactly.
0: And the things that the three guys ahead of him do, they do it better than
1: him. So. Right. I mean, hey, and we've kind of beat the subject in the ground yeah, we level, have but like higgins and najoku are kind of doing the same thing out there right like mm-hmm. higgins is almost like your jarvis backup and the question is can Kadero hodge be that or let me rephrase that can Kadero hodge doing that plus a seventh round pick outweigh keeping higgins on the roster and i would say yes I, at this point i would say yes too but i think that's what they're looking for and mm-hmm. uh it, it can so I don't remember how exactly—oh, oh, oh, right, Felton. Like, I think we're going to see a lot of Felton. I I think they're trying to figure out, is Felton the guy that can play week one against the Chiefs?
0: And I I think think that they have to—I think they'll figure that out. I think they'll have a pretty good idea that at least one of them will be available and be able to do that, if not both, honestly.
1: Well, and did Ernest Johnson also look good? Again, I know it was Jaguars, especially Jaguars backups, but did Ernest Johnson look good? Did Ernest Johnsons look good throughout last year? I I don't think keeping him is on the roster is inherently a bad thing. I think he does a lot of what Kareem Hunt does, just in kind of a poor man's version. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just statistically speaking, it's likely Kareem Hunt gets hurt this year running backs just like you don't have this many seasons without an injury Mm -hmm. as we saw last year with Chubb. Yeah. Right. So I think it's very likely we will need that third string running back this year.
0: Yeah, it is very, it's very likely. It's very possible.
1: Um,
0: Speaking of injuries, uh, this is a good uh, segue, good transition here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Browns have quite a bit of injuries right now. Uh, As we, uh, we mentioned uh, last episode, Ryan Switzer and Steven Carlson, both on IR and because It is done in preseason. There's no designated for return possibility, so they're done for the year. Mm -hmm. Um, Going into guys who should play this season, uh, Anthony Schwartz, hamstring injury. Grant Delpit, hamstring injury. DeMarcus Bradley, neck injury. Beckham still hasn't actually done anything besides single individual drills. So there's there's quite a bit of injuries, but the one I want to focus on right now is Delpit. And... This is just rough for him. I yeah. mean, we've been saying this for over a year now, and it's been whatever you get out of him really is a bonus. Expect nothing, whatever you get's a bonus.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I, I like Delpit, I, again, I, and I've said this, like I think Delpit was a good pick when we got him, but it, it seems like, it, listen, we're lucky that it seems like Greedy will at least be able to play some snaps this year. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just luck. Even if it's as a backup cornerback, that's still luck. Yeah. Uh, we're in the same boat with Delpit. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I was much higher on Greedy than I was on Delpit, even though I liked Delpit. Like, I loved Greedy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Like, you have to put that behind you, right? Yeah. Like, you could have loved these guys all you want. Delpit's probably not going to be ready to go until midseason now.
0: Yeah, I mean, because it's, it's not just the, the injury part. It's getting caught up on the defense. It's getting reps. It's getting just used to playing because I mean, he was going to be second. like what at best a third safety
1: oh and yeah an I, absolute I best Ryan Harrison was the third safety so depending on how you cut it I guess maybe he was the second safety so yeah like Helvet. an absolute Helvet. best yeah, probably the third because you you have Johnson you have Harrison as your starters right 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 so Delpit would have been the third yeah our depth back there is not good uh no no <laughs>
0: Uh, you know, you look at the other safeties there. It's Sheldrick, Redwine, uh, Richard... Which,
1: this injury is the best thing for him, best news for him in a long time.
0: Oh, yeah. That, that, it, it, the injury at a Delpit right now means one of Redwine or uh, Richard uh, LeCount makes the roster. I think LeCount was always going to. I Same? think
1: Redwine or... Uh, Moffat, maybe? his name. Javante Moffat? Yeah. You're probably yeah, right on that. I think it's going to be between Redwine and Moffat. You know what? They right, right, right just right drafted there. LeCount, and he, I think he was like a fifth or sixth round pick. Like, I was, I think he's making it. He was a run. fifth rounder, but I thought maybe they could have, like, practice squatted him. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I mean, he also looked really good last week,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, admittedly against third and fourth stringers, but he looked good. Like, I, I think he's going to make it. I just don't think he'll play much this year. But, yeah, yeah I think Moffitt is probably the guy Redwine's competing with.
0: Yeah, so one of Which, those two. By the make way, the if Red
1: Wine can't beat out Javante Moffitt, like, Oh my god, that was a terrible draft pick.
0: I I mean, I I think it was a terrible draft pick, regardless. But, uh, but that's that just that draft pick has just aged
1: horribly. Let's be honest here. No, listen, I feel I feel bad for Delpit. Like I do. I everything that's been said about him when you watch him, kind of. In interviews, he seems like a genuinely good dude. He seems like a nice kid, mm-hmm. but this is the stuff that happens with that that those types of injuries. Yeah, I was referring to Redwine, but yeah, I, I agree with you oh, on Delpit. well, Redwine, red was an awful pick. Like, just <laughs> yeah, that that pick was just that last Dorsey draft. I mean, again, like I got the Drew Forbes pick, I got the Redwine pick when we took them, but that's really not ended up as a good draft. Yeah, let's uh, let's take a little trip down memory lane real quick. He was their first pick in that draft. Mac Wilson, I think, was their third. Sione Takitaki was their second. So I had a conversation on Twitter with somebody that, like, Takitaki, if he were drafted in 2001, is probably an all-pro linebacker. Probably. So
0: I'm—let's like, uh, let's see what we got here. We pretty- got Greedy Williams, Sione Takitaki, Sheldrick Redwine, Mac Wilson, Austin Seibert—he drafted a kicker—Drew uh,
1: Forbes and Donnie Lewis— Literally, the only redeemable pick in that entire class was Sioni Takitaki. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, Mac Wilson. It, it, he's not. He was not a good pick. Like, I guess for a fourth rounder, like he's given you some starts, which is better than nothing. He was probably the second best pick in that class. But he's not a good NFL player. Like, the only one that's turned into a good NFL player is Takitaki. And he's like marginal. Yeah, overall. no, he's your strong side linebacker, right? Like yeah. in, in today's NFL, he is gonna play a decent like maybe forty to forty five percent of the snaps just yeah. based on his position. Uh he'll play against the run, run downs and that's what he is, and that's that that's really good. I mean, that's useful, but
2: mm-hmm.
1: like you're you drafted a strong side like run stopping linebacker in the second or the third round. Like that is really high for that type of player.
0: It, it, it is incredibly high. I mean, and let's be honest, uh, the, the further we get away from Dorsey drafts, the worse they look, by the way. Uh, not to go down draft draft hole, you know, and just get stuck into this uh, whole thing, but the year before, uh, Austin Corbett, Chad Thomas, Antonio Callaway, Gennard Avery, Damian Ratley, Simeon Thomas, not on the team anymore.
1: Wait, who was the first round pick in that?
0: In, tw- in what, what year? 2018?
1: well so 2018 was baker first de- right? it was
0: baker and denzel
1: yeah so denzel then austin corbett and Nick Chubb. yeah i mean baker i i don't know uh i'll even give him baker like is it like listen baker's probably the best browns quarterback we've had in our lifetime and regardless of his inconsistencies or mediocrity that i think is there um Ultimately, you know, I've talked about this. I, it's probably likely that he's the Browns quarterback for at least the next five years. Uh, More than likely. D- maybe not, but just based on kind of... The vibes. Where I think the two leaves are. So, but beyond that, beyond those three, holy crap, that draft was bad.
0: That draft was bad,
1: then, like, your following was terrible, too. I mean... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... You know, it's funny. I always give Dorsey credit for being a good scout, but, like... His best pick was Nick Chubb. Yeah. Then Denzel and, Ward. Yeah, and Denzel Ward. Uh, and I mean, so it's funny in the Browns, in the NFL films thing about the 2020 Browns, which again, everybody should watch. Uh, yeah. N- Savansky does have a line in there where he straight up like tells Nick Chubb, you're the best player in the NFL, which I think is great. Yeah, I mean, I also think it's funny that teams thought we were not going to or uh, people thought we were not going to extend him. Yeah. Uh, sorry to rub that in everyone's face again. But um, anyways, <laughs> yeah, outside of Nick Chubb, like and Denzel Ward, really, everyone adores these picks, I think, could have been. And also, like Nick Chubb was a second round pick. He was a really high second round pick, but yeah. he was a second round pick. Like at some point, how do you give that to scouting or just like this person watched college football every day, every Saturday?
0: And, and sometimes with the second round pick it's a little bit of luck
1: yeah I, I mean, mean Nick Chubb's incredible I don't think most NFL people predicted him to be this incredible coming off those major injuries they didn't
0: they didn't everyone was loving them some sony Michelle and let's see how that's worked out in New England
1: man I know Nick Chubb isn't this type of guy which so he doesn't feel this way but like I'm a little petty oh I would be so petty about that whole thing mm-hmm I yeah. would be so petty about that whole thing.
0: I mean, it, it would be hard not to, but at the same time, you don't want to look like Josh Rosen, who
1: uh, is currently on a boy again. Um, hey, yeah. I think you know what the Browns can do? They could trade Kyle Oletta and then sign Josh Rosen to be the third string.
0: I mean, that, that'd be fine. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I mean, if uh, so uh, was do it. drafted in that draft, who is a better quarterback right now, Kyle Laletta or Josh It's Loretta? Kyle Laletta. Honestly, it probably is Kyle Loretta. It's Kyle
0: Laletta. I'm not I had zero hesitance in saying that it's Kyle Laletta.
1: I know like there were a lot of just traditional like NFL people that viewed things like very traditionally that were like Rosen has all the tools. And you and I have talked about this, but like tools yeah. are great. To a certain degree, though, they only go so far.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, like, the longer and longer we go on, we learn that Josh Rosen's kind of just a dick. Um, <laughs> and, and doesn't, like, like yeah, he has all the tools, but, like, he just casts blame on everybody else. And so he's mad about his offensive line and his talent in Arizona and in Miami. But, I mean, the dude was just on the 49ers, like, is mm-hmm. a backup. Like, I'm sorry, that team is loaded with talent and he couldn't make it.
0: Uh, I, I just realized who Josh Rosen is. He's the quarterback version of Hugh Jackson. Yeah,
1: no, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He blames everybody. Everybody around him takes zero accountability for himself. Well, that was who Hugh wanted, I think. If I'm remembering that right, there was an article that I think Hugh's top choice was Josh Rosen. Oh, God, but that would have been one hell of a pairing. Um, I'm pretty sure. There was somebody in the Browns organization, I think it was Hugh, who had Josh Rosen as their top choice. There was somebody, because there was a whole article about it. after It was after Baker's rookie year.
0: Let's see. uh, Just doing a little search while we're here. Uh, I remember that uh, Rosen said he did not want to be taken by the Browns.
1: Right, and then Hugh Jackson said that, like, it's too early to comment. And then he said he feels good about the comments. Um, yeah, I don't... Oh, yeah, and Hugh Jackson in February was saying, Rosen was saying he'd happily play for the Browns.
0: Oh, yeah, okay, here we go. Dorsey was not a fan of Rosen. Hey, Dorsey, did something right in the quarterback, uh, Scott, yeah. Department. Uh do, 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 do. Jackson explained his view on Rosen. Here we go. Very smart, precision passer. Looks like the guy that you want to put back there to throw the football
1: anywhere you want to. Well, no, you don't. <laughs> Yeah, Matt Miller <laughs> said. Matt Miller said in the lead up to the draft that Hugh Jackson's top pick is Josh Rosen.
0: Oh, good lord!
1: So Thank God, we can uh, let him have full power. Yeah. So I, I mean, like, for as critical as we are of Baker, like, honestly, out of those, like, I feel like there was like four possible options at quarterback at that spot, which were Rosen, Darnold, Baker, and Josh Allen. And I think everybody at this point would rather have Josh Allen, but. Everybody else would rather have Baker compared to Darnold and Rosen. Like by fuck. Yeah.
0: yeah. Out of the four that were that were the possibilities, because let's as as talented and as great as Lamar Jackson's been so far, uh, he wasn't really in consideration for the number one
1: pick. Yeah, no, you would never. If he was that pick, Dorsey would have gotten fired.
0: Oh yeah, and Hugh Jackson would I mean, have destroyed so him. Kind of so that's, that's also another. Right yeah. So, but out of the four that were actually in contention, so that would be Baker, Rosen, Allen, Darnold. Uh, Rosen was the third guy on that list for me, but that's just, I did not care for Sam Darnold at all.
1: No, and, you and I both. I remember we talked about this, I think it was I, it was before I even started coming on your pod, but or before we started podding together, but yeah. I think it was just on Twitter, and we both were saying, like, if you look at like those interception numbers, that was terrifying. Yeah, I, I, at, I remember um, at the time, before he was drafted, one, but
0: I remember when um, the Jets drafted him, I, I was on uh, I was on a radio show, uh, shout out Memphis Spence, uh, and I was like, yeah, uh, the Jets took uh, Sam Darnold because apparently they want Mark Sanchez 2.0. And that's who basically Sam Darnold's been. He's basically been Mark Sanchez.
1: I mean, like the most consistent thing we know from a data perspective that translates from college to pro is is accuracy in a cl- clean pocket. Yeah. Which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I really kind of think that when you see Sam Darnold with like a 52 percent accuracy percentage from a clean pocket in college, there should be alarm bells going up about this to this dude's ability to succeed in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like he can't. He's he's not. A, I don't understand. Like everybody's like, oh, they drafted Baker because he was a winner. Like no. Like I'm sorry. There are like there was like a legitimate argument you could make about why Baker should be number one. The guy that got drafted because he was a winner, quote unquote, was Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he, that, that was the Because it, it was all intangibles with that dude. It was like no, this guy has it. Okay, what is it? You you'll know it when you see it. That's that was the that was the explanation for Sam Darnold. I'm just like I, I never got the love with
0: Sam Darnold. I never got the infatuation people had. I'm like, my like, guys, this guy's gonna suck. He's gonna be bad. And but but what no, no but no, nobody wanted to listen to me
1: apparently. Um, <laughs> what I will say, uh, what I will say about that about the Baker pick too is I don't know that Josh Allen would have been able to succeed in Cleveland like he has in Buffalo. Like that's fair. Buffalo drafted him with a really good setup around him. Mm -hmm. And he was given total time to learn because the team around him was good. So he could be bad and that team was still winning. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And so he had a lot of like ability to develop and do, I think Baker would have ended up better if he was drafted into that system too. So don't get me wrong. But I agree. I think, Josh Allen probably looks a bit more similar to what Baker looked like last year if the Browns drafted him, mm-hmm. and vice versa.
0: Yeah. I mean, and that's a fair point. I mean, it's... It, the, the relative instability, or I'm not going to say relative, the complete instability of the Browns <laughs> franchise uh, through Baker's first couple seasons has, has definitely not helped them, and it's very possible for someone who was so much a project like Josh Allen was... That it could have just crumbled like yeah. immediately.
1: I agree. I agree. So
0: as, as as much as we like to as I much as much as I like to be like, hey, Josh Allen was my guy, and he's been the the best quarterback out of this class. I also recognize that uh, Cleveland could have broken him.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's kind of hot. Like, yeah, to give again to give credit to Baker, nobody can say that guy isn't resilient. Oh, I'm with you on that yeah like he like i I, again do i love baker if it were up to me would i sign baker to an extension probably not at this point i need another year to see and even then like i would be much more looking for kind of like that 30 million a year dollar deal instead of the 40 but do i also recognize like baker is a good enough pick that even if the browns overpay him there's a reason why he's getting a second contract like yeah that's fair not saying that I want them to, I'm just like, I, I he was like, it was him or Josh Allen to me. And I think for both guys, as you just said, like the instability of the Browns organization is, is currently, I mean, not really anymore, but like, was at that point a wild card.
0: Yeah. A uh, little, uh, Browns camp update. Apparently, uh, all the media members, there were playing a game called find Freddie kitchens, uh,
1: <laughs> uh, he seems like a hard guy to miss on a football field. Uh,
0: from this picture, what I'm looking, it, it's not easy. Really? Yeah, i have said it to you. I know, great podcast, great audio content, but <laughs> uh, I'm I'm gonna hit the retweet button on this. So uh, anyone who follows me can uh, play the game along as well. But. Not easy to find him in that picture, but with that being said, uh, I think this is a great time to go into our favorite news segment, Guys or Dudes, and it's Defensive Back Edition.
2: Okay. okay.
0: So, uh let's get this one right off the top, right out of the way. Dedzo Ward, that's a dude.
1: Dude. Easy. Easy. Uh Not as easy as J.O.K. Okay. No, actually, <laughs> probably easier than J.O.K., okay. uh, but yeah, he's a dude yeah Uh, certified dude not even a question about it are are there like well people need to realize like when Denzel Ward is healthy it is tough to find a cornerback you would rather have in coverage outside of like Jalen Ramsey like Ward is so good in man coverage like I mean don't forget last year in the playoffs against the Chiefs they put him on Travis Kelsey yeah like Travis Kelsey's like four times Denzel Ward's size and I know he had a good game but like Chelsea had better games in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, that to me is incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Denzel
0: Ward, that's a dude.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, put it in pen, put it if this was was March Madness time, Sharpie, whatever you want to do. Denzel Ward, that's a dude. Uh, Continuing along corners, Troy Hill. This one's one I'm kind of wrestling with a little bit.
1: I want to see him this year. So Troy Hill, So, and we'll talk about him soon, but like, unlike John Johnson, I, Troy Hill's somebody I'm not sure if he just really benefited from Staley and the outside talent or mm. if he really is as good of a slot corner as he looked like last year. If he is, he's a dude. If he's not, then I think he's like a good guy, but he's a guy. So where I have him...
0: Currently is guy with dude potential, but I have to see how he plays in Cleveland versus Los Angeles. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that's too uh, too much of a destruction. Yeah, I, I
1: guess I would say like mine is like the opposite. I, he's a dude with guy potential to me. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think we're in the same same area. It was then. the same idea.
0: It, it could go either way.
1: Yeah. All right, Ronnie Harrison. You go first on this one. I'm going to go sneaky, dude. Okay. That's what I was going to say, too. I think he's a dude. I actually think Ronnie Harrison is a really good safety.
0: I think he's a good player, but I, th- I think he's sneaky, dude, because, you know, when you're when you're going through the guys in the Browns secondary, how many guys do you need before you get to Ronnie Harrison?
1: Right. No, I agree. I just, I guess to me, like, I think Ronnie Harrison can probably be had on a cheap extension, Mm-hmm. And I think the Browns are going to do that probably sooner than later. Uh,
0: especially uh, considering the news Delpit.
1: with Mr. Grant Delpit. Yeah. I I, I, I mean, I – listen, Ronnie Harrison does kind of more of that hybrid, like, strong safety linebacker thing. He's not necessarily the guy you'd want – you'd most want out there in coverage. Mm-hmm. But he is, like, really good at taking on a tight end or rushing the passer or – Run, stopping the running back after the running back breaks through the first layer of the defense. Like he's kind of a really good all around player. I, I like Ronnie Harrison. I do too. I don't have any. I I don't think he has any major weaknesses. That's yeah. I agree with that. it it's not. I don't. He's not someone where I'm
0: just like, oh, you can't have him do this because he can't do that, or he's terrible with this. Deep offense will attack him this way. I don't really see that with him.
2: Mm hmm. You I know. Agree
0: i'm not being like yo this guy is awesome for this this and this either that's why i said sneaky dude because i'm like he's good but like he's not like certified dude i guess i don't know
1: <laughs> yeah i agree i agree i think that's fair to me like i i i also just think the position he plays maybe may, more than anything be kind of why we think that right like He's outstanding at what he does. It's just the position is not as valuable as it once was. That's true.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's go to his uh, his other uh, safety, uh, his little partner in the back of the defensive secondary, and that's John Johnson, the third dude,
1: dude without question. Yeah, dude. I,
2: I, dude. The Browns
1: fans are going to be amazed at how good a good safety looks on defense. Yeah, I mean this is this is dude in all caps.
0: Put it on yep. a billboard.
1: Yeah, dude. Yeah, no. every Browns fans are going to be stunned with just how much like a good safety can transform a defense.
0: I mean, he's probably like what one of the two or three best safeties that roster has had in the, since they've come back. Dude, he may
1: be one of the two or three best safeties in the NFL.
0: I mean, there's not just that, but I'm just talking about you know Browns history. Oh, oh. So yeah, since they've I mean, been I, back,
1: I can't think of a safety where I'm like he was better than how John Johnson looked last year.
0: I mean, the only guys you could really throw into the mix are, you know, T.J. Ward, but I think he's better than T.J. Ward.
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: uh, yeah. Robert Griffith, when he played here, but that was towards the end of his career, but he was still a good yeah. player. You could also throw in uh, Earl Little, Sean
1: Jones guys, but... I mean, all those guys are good, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like, John Johnson's an all-pro safety. Yeah. And like, I just, I... I, I I, again, the one thing about John Johnson is he played on that Rams defense last year that was just so talented with such a great defensive coordinator, but John Johnson, Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald to me were the three guys that made that defense role. And while we don't have a Jalen Ramsey, while we don't have an Aaron Donald, I think Denzel Ward does a little bit different than Ramsey did, but I think he could become the Ramsey role. Right, where like he's not just on one guy the whole game, Mm -hmm. he goes and like guards different guys. Uh, I think Miles Garrett, if he really wants to win defense Player of the Year, which it sounds like he does, Mm -hmm. is going to have to perform like Aaron Donald did last year,
0: yeah.
1: And so, I think John Johnson could be that pillar again.
0: I think it definitely helped, uh, in his quest for that. I still think it's a bit of an uphill battle,
1: (laughs) it is, it is. But I, 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 I I mean, John's on John, I don't know, I even given that kind of like listen it may have just been the defense he was on last year kind of question i don't think so i i think john johnson is just an incredible safety i could not believe it when we got him as a agent. Yeah,
0: i think the what defense he was on for john johnson is a lot less applicable to him than it is to possibly troy hill
1: right because he was calling the plays yes like like, 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 right. Let's just be honest about his role on that defense. Like, mm-hmm. he was that defense's quarterback. Yeah.
0: So let's uh, let's go to the other uh, corner, uh, Grady Williams. He's a guy.
1: Really. He's a guy. He's a guy. Again, I, if he, we if he can play any snaps this season, which it looks like he can, we lucked out. But yeah. he will he missed too much due to injury, and I think the nerve damage in his shoulder will make it impossible for him to become the player who he who his potential suggested he could be when he was drafted
0: yeah i'm with you on that absolutely not even like uh, not even you know questioning it not even gonna argue not even gonna be like it's like we've talked about before nerve nerve damage in a shoulder not good nope i mean there's a reason he missed an entire year last year
1: Right, and I, I don't forget, like, one of his big things coming out of college was that he was really good at, like, getting interceptions and forcing turnovers in general. Mm-hmm. With nerve damage to your right shoulder, like, A, that doesn't go away. You just can recover from it, mm-hmm. but it's there. Like, I just, I don't think he's ever going to be able to do that again. Probably not.
0: I would love for him to do so, but I'm just, I'm, yeah. I'm looking at it at this point. He was very shaky as a rookie, he was injured as a rookie, wasn't he, as
1: well? Uh, yeah, he missed about half that season, I think.
0: Yeah, and then he missed all last year. It's just uh, similar to uh, Grant Delpit's situation. At some point, you just, you've just you missed too much time yep. because of injury.
1: Yep. The only difference between— Especially in those early years, right? Because that's when you develop, right? So yeah. now the Browns just drafted Greg Newsome. Yeah, Why I... are they going to spend time teaching Greedy how to do these things when that time could be spent on Newsome?
0: Yeah, I mean, they didn't draft Greg Newsom because they uh, want him to be behind Greedy. It's, uh, no, this is your replacement in case
1: you don't work out, which we have a feeling you won't. Right, exactly. Exactly. I actually think the I don't even think the caveat at the end is, like, I think this was meant to be the guy they thought Greedy could be when he was drafted. Yeah. Right? He Absolutely. is Greedy's replacement.
0: He is. Absolutely. Uh, going down a few more guys, Grant Delpit... I don't know what to do with him. he hasn't played a single snap. He's played like yeah. what ten snaps in practice over two years, so
1: I mean honestly, we could still give Delpit the rookie treatment like I,
0: we can we we don't I, know what I, he is. I guess that's the fairest thing to do in this whole exercise yeah. uh shoulder he's a guy
1: I, I mean yeah I, given where he was drafted, it's like what's lower than a guy like. Somebody. Just a person. <laughs> somebody. Um, yeah, I... I Guy, I, dude, or... Somebody. There were plays last year where Sandejo had to go literally to the... like, and I, Listen, I, I'm not a Sandejo fan, but again, Sandejo wasn't making the mental mistakes. He was just covering for Carl Joseph and Jeldrick Redwine being complete dumbasses.
0: Ugh, thank God that Carl Joseph isn't here. I hated that signing when they made it.
1: You want to know something scary? Hmm. I would have Carl Joseph ten times over ten, ten times out of ten over Sheldrick Redline. That's disgusting because Carl
0: Joseph was a disaster.
1: Um, it is, but but it's true.
0: Yeah, yeah. And by the way, again, uh, kudos to me for calling how that ex- was going to play out exactly. Uh, you did, you really did. He was going to be bad in pass coverage. He'd be better in run coverage. And he's going to miss like two, uh, third of the games. And
2: yep,
1: and that's exactly.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Alright, uh, Greg Newsom. He's a rookie uh, He hasn't done anything explosive or eye-popping Like JOK yet, so we, we can't give him Like a dude or guy status yet
1: He was opinion. good in week one, but he yeah. was not Like
0: eye-poppingly good it, it wasn't like, holy shit, look at this guy It was just like, yeah, you, you did good
1: You're He was good, you did exactly what we wanted him to He yeah. will play a lot of snaps this year yeah, but, Absolutely right. He's right. He's a rookie AJ Green, I want you to go first on this one I am going to say, guy with dude potential, and given his role on the team, I think he—it's like Porter Gustin to me, like a dude in his role, kind of.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm with you on that. Because what we've seen out of him, it's been—it's been impressive. Uh, I don't think really anyone saw this coming from him, really. So you know, and again, you, I think you put it perfectly given his role he is a dude in his role but he's not necessarily a dude period
1: yeah he i mean he's the fifth cornerback
2: yeah
1: right so like uh, to a certain degree i'm kind of just like he's i could he may be the fourth cornerback right he may be higher than greedy i think he is if you want in my opinion yeah, I mean, I mean so he's the fourth cornerback? Like, good for him. Undrafted.
0: hmm I definitely would No, put him...
1: he was actually all right when he had to play last year. He was. And, you know,
0: from everything that we've heard, I mean, again, it's only training camp, preseason, and practice and stuff, but uh, everything I've heard and read has been just, you know, just been nothing but praise, really, for him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, he's looked good every time he's played and. Really, as a Brown, whether it be actual NFL game, training camp, or preseason.
2: Yeah.
1: Absolutely. So, I mean, he's definitely making the roster, and he reminds me of a Terrence Mitchell. Okay, yeah. In the sense that I could see A.J. Green being a guy that has, like, a 10-plus-year career in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Just because he can do anything you would ever want from a cornerback, You won't excel at anything. You would never really want him as your pendant starter. Mm-hmm. But he will be a great backup. Like Jack of all trades, master of none. Exactly. Like yeah. people forgot how good Terrence Mitchell was for us. Like he was, he didn't miss a game. Yeah, Terrence Mitchell was a was a very valuable
0: uh part of the secondary. Yeah. I, I think uh I think that, you know, looking back, I think that's a pretty good uh comparison for yeah. what Adrian Green could possibly be. But Javante Moffat, guy <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, the only way, reason he would ever make the roster is because the guy he was competing against is Sheldrick Redwine.
0: Yep. Uh, Richard LeCount, he's rookie. A rookie. Uh, MJ Stewart, he's a guy. He's not good. Um,
1: no, <laughs> no. He, I, Browns fans love him because what he did in the end of the season slash playoffs when we just had so many injuries. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: He's just uh, a, guy. Yeah, he's a guy. he's a guy. He, I think right now he's one of those guys playing for his contract on another team.
0: Yeah, probably, probably.
1: Um, I just I don't think they bring seven cornerbacks. No, I
0: don't either. That's that's a little excessive. Because yeah. once once you get down to that far on the cornerback thing, th- those guys are usually the guys who call up off the practice squad or sign off off the street or trade for exactly. it. some guys. You're stashing on the the back end of your depth chart because you need those guys. Um, right. A couple other guys on the roster here: Brian Allen, Elijah Benton, Robert Jackson. Those are just a collection of guys.
1: Robert Jackson may stay on the roster because of special teams, but otherwise I think the uh Brian Allen, Elijah Benton and MJ Stewart are all probably gonna get cut.
0: Yeah, and here's a guy who I did not even was not even aware he was on the roster. Emmanuel Rugamba, uh it's a rookie. Never heard
1: of him. Yeah, he's playing. he he clearly is playing for playing time in the preseason.
0: Yeah yeah, that's what he is. He's a he's a maybe a, a guy into about practice squad somewhere, but uh listen, I'm looking at a depth chart here. He is the lone guy in the fifth group of defensive backs on the depth charts. So, yeah. uh that's all you really need to know there. Yeah. Um but that would be guys or dudes. I think it's pretty pretty clear cut for most of these these players.
1: Yeah. I mean, to me and I'm interested in your take on this. I think the starting secondary is great. Yes. My concern is with that, which it was my concern last year. And it's still my concern. I I still think the depth is a little weak there. I mean,
0: yeah, the depth last year was concerning. Depth this year, still concerning as well. Um, But I will say the starting group, I am much more confident than I ever was last year.
1: Yeah. Well, and I would say, like, the depth is still, like, a little bit better, like... It, it but, is, but... but to me, it's the safety is the question. Is like mm-hmm. who is if Delpit's not really ready to play until midseason, which, given he'll miss the rest of the preseason, I think the first week or two of the regular season, like, I think it's very likely he's not ready to go until midseason, and so my question then is like, is, are you starting a fifth round pick rookie if John Johnson gets hurt? Yeah. Or, or are you gonna really piss off sections of Brown's Twitter and go for linebacker
0: oh <laughs> that would be that'd be wonderful um, interesting side note nice little uh, practice update here uh, apparently tack McKinley's back with the team um,
1: that's good because he'd been hurt or not hurt he was because he, he do not actually know what was going on
0: he was away from the team for a while but he's at the facility apparently so that could be I guess some good news for you know, as far as, uh, depth on the defensive line is concerned
1: right now, Porter Gustin to me is the backup end. So McKinley's competing for like that second spot as a backup.
0: Yeah. I'm probably with you there, but, uh, any final thoughts
1: here? No, man, I'm excited for Sunday. I guess we'll, uh, just review it on Monday then.
0: Yeah. It should be interesting. Again, uh, I, I, not that the game's going to tell us a whole hell of a lot, but it could give us a little bit of insight to a little bit of the evolution of the offense that the Browns might be doing,
1: uh, and who the new kicker is going to be, whether it's going to be Cody Parkey or Chase McLaughlin.
0: Uh, ooh, uh, he, here's a here's a take. Uh, the kicker for the Browns this season currently is not on the roster. That's my take. I totally believe that
1: because.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, man, if we got to go to the season with Cody Parkey or the McLaughlin guy, uh, yeah. it's uh, can we not kick the
1: extra point? And just go for two every time. Well, don't forget, like Stefanski did that a decent chunk last year, and everybody's like, "Oh, he's so aggressive." I'm like, "Listen, I think Stefanski has some like steel cojones on him." Mm-hmm. But this I think is a... part of that. Also, was just that like, I who am I sending out there to kick that extra point or to kick even like the field goal? Right, like yeah. Because, honestly, it's probably more worth it to go for it on 4th and 1 or 4th and 2. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's how, what it really
0: says is just a lack of faith in the kicker. And I don't blame them. I think Parkey's
1: no. long field goal last year was 46 yards. No, I mean, listen, Cody Parkey is what he's always been. Everybody's like, oh, Cody Parkey. Said, like, Cody Parkey doesn't suck. He's fine. He doesn't he he cannot kick long field goals period mm-hmm. and he's really generally speaking like has awful inaccuracies at the worst times yes uh
0: you know it most most handle pressure roll well. most commonly in the form of doinks um
1: yeah he does not handle pressure roll well.
0: Uh, well i i i think part of his issue is that he trains to kick at the uprights and he trains
1: yeah Which is very strange. Which is insane. You're a kicker, so let's go through. (laughs) Here's my prediction. I think Cody Parkey wins the job in camp. I think we go into the season, and I think we lose to the Chiefs. I think kind of overall we're... The the start of the season is a little shaky. Like I think we beat Houston. Mm -hmm. I think we probably beat Chicago. I think we... Then it gets tough, right? Then you have Minnesota, the Rams, Cardinals, Broncos, and then Steelers. I think we could be slightly above five hundred by the end of that Steelers game. And if you want my prediction, I think the Browns lose the Steelers game because Parkey missed a, like, 30-yard field goal to win it. That sounds so— And I think they cut him and signed somebody else. That sounds like it's just going to (laughs) happen. I I mean, like— I'm looking at the schedule, right? We lose to the Chiefs. I think we go on a small winning streak. I would be shocked if we beat the Chargers in L.A. Same. Uh, I think that team's going to be really good. Uh, for whatever reason, the Cardinals seem to have our number. Broncos is a Thursday night game. Uh, Baker tends to perform well in those, so I think we beat that, beat them. And then we have the Steelers, mm-hmm. and I think we lose that. So, three losses through Week 8, which isn't terrible. No, it's not. Um. And then I actually think the schedule gets a lot easier. So I think that's when they cut Cody Parkey and bring somebody else in.
0: I'm with you there. And with that, with, you know, good old-fashioned uh, kicker talk, uh, I think that's going to end it here. Uh, a reminder, like I said at the beginning, subscribe, like, share, tell your friends. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, SoundCloud. This is Believeland and com. Remember, if you don't share, like, subscribe, tell your friends or family it's stealing and that's not cool. (laughs) (laughs) And that will do it for us. Thank you for listening.